official podcast of JetNation.com, the largest independent fan site in the NFL. Be sure to check out our forums and talk all things Jets with thousands of other diehard Jets fans. Now, to get you up to date on all the latest Jets news, notes, and quotes, here's your host, Glenn Naughton. Good evening, Jets fans. I am on Nation Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in. Apologies for uh, not being able to get a show in last week. Had some things come up and uh, thought we'd push it back to this week because as it stands, this is a slower time of year. But uh, there were some some difficulties as well. I didn't even realize that the previous week where we got cut off, uh, didn't even – I actually – continue doing the show for about 20 minutes until I got the notification. So uh, I apologize for that. But uh, that was our, that was a starting list, top free agents per PFF and some other lists and who we think the Jets should be targeting. Uh, made it to about, uh, I think we got to a, about Golden Tate last week at 16. And we'll, no, actually, I, I take that back. We we did get as far as Sheldon Richardson at uh, 19. We may move a little faster this week because getting through the number of guys we have left will take a little bit. And then next week's show we'll we'll dig a little deeper and go outside that to the lower level guys who could still have an impact. And sometimes, I mean, those are some of the key guys, really. It's finding those guys that aren't, you're not laying out mega dollars for who can be big contributors. And there are always plenty of those in free agency. Um, was looking at a few of those guys the other day, and there are some very interesting names out there. So, We'll we'll carry on from where we left off last week. So we left off with Sheldon Richardson. Not a guy that I could see coming back, to be honest. Um, I think he's a, he's somebody the Jets would would want to bring back after his first stint here. And I, I think they want to go in, you know, a little bit younger, a little less controversial, and really a guy who who produces more. I mean, Sheldon Richardson, as I said just so disappointing in terms of talent versus production. Hasn't been nearly as good as, as a lot of people thought he would be after that breakout rookie year. Uh, next guy on the list is HaHa Clinton Dix, and he's a safety, so he's not going to be a Jet. Um, that's when we can move right over. That's just not going to happen. Um, another, The next guy, interesting name because I've seen some people link it to the Jets due to his, his connection with Adam Gase, former Dolphins tackle Juwan James. Now, this is a guy who's one of the better tackles in free agency, but for those of you linking him to Adam Gase, uh, probably didn't hear the interview in which Jawan James claimed that under Gase, the Dolphins were basically without an identity, and uh, he basically ripped Gase. Preparation methods, and don't forget, James is a player who was pulled out of games by Gase for uh, for playing poorly at times, and that's not something that that goes over well, especially with uh with, with some of the players that coaches deal with nowadays. Egos are a big thing. So Juwan James is he a good player? Yes. Would he be an upgrade? Yes. Is Adam Gase going to want to bring in a guy who just told the world that Adam was a head coach? I seriously doubt it. I mean, stranger things have happened. Could be something that was taken out of context. I don't know. But I would say that's highly unlikely. 
Uh, next guy on the list, Shaquille Barrett. Now, he's an interesting guy. I, I remember looking at him last offseason as a possible trade target for the Jets because of the fact that the Broncos have a good number of edge rushers. And Barrett's a guy who they probably could have gotten a mid-round pick for. He's been a he's been a, basically a situational player for them, but he has been effective as a pass rusher, and not not a bad player. And he'll probably get more money than a lot of people realize. And if you're the Jets and you're looking at adding an edge guy, he could be an option that even though people aren't talking about him, he's a good player, and again would would offer a nice upgrade there. So he's a player we would definitely be in favor of the Jets targeting. Bryce Callahan, cornerback from the Bears, comes in at 23. Now, he's a slot guy, and I really like Perry Nickerson, you know, based on what uh, what we saw from him in training camp. And I think he fits more as a slot guy, but I would have no objection to bringing in Bryce Callahan to push him a little bit. And, I mean, let's face it, at this point, it's about bringing in talented players, which Bryce Callahan definitely is. So there's a, there's another guy, a couple guys in a row, on this list that uh that would definitely fit fit in with the Jets might be more important than any of them if the Jets were to were to go after him. That's Roger Saffold. He's a guard for the Rams. Now he's thirty one or he will be turning thirty one. He's a guy who's probably got a good three, four years left in the tag. If you can get Saffold in here on a three year deal, then that would absolutely make sense for this team. I mean we know about the O-line. We know they need an upgrade. Uh, we know they need to, you know, especially as, as, a, as a run-blocking unit. They were so bad last year as a run-blocking group that it really it hurt. the. You know, they, they're not the best pass blockers in the world. We know that. About the ranking, you know, 16th, 18th in the league, depending on who you're looking at. But the fact of the matter is when, you're, when you can't run the ball at all, um, it's going to make pass blocking that much harder. So they need to improve in the run game in the run game first, and that'll make things a little easier in the passing game. But Saffold's a guy who could, you know, be a big step in making that happen. He's probably not going to break the bank at 31, but uh, he'll come in at a, you know, you'll pay a decent, pretty penny for him. But he's a guy who can step in and start, play at a high level. Uh, completely, you know, would would definitely be behind that move. Uh, Tyron Matthew next on the list, another safety, just not going to happen. You know, unless unless uh, Greg Williams looks at him as a guy he can move around to play several different spots because he can play the slot, he can play safety. Uh, he, he might be a guy that they look at, but I just I don't see safety being a spot where they spend significant money. Not that Tyron Matthews is going to demand a ton of money, but I think it's it's more than they'll want to spend on that position having already you know at safety. Uh, tackle Trent Brown is next. I'd avoid him. Uh, just and PFF points this out in their in their grades or in their ratings. Basically, he's a guy who uh, played well for the Pats, but too many guys play well for the Pats and, and are terrible elsewhere. And he wasn't, uh, you know, he wasn't a very highly regarded guy before leaving San Francisco to go to the Patriots. C.J. Mosley, linebacker. Uh, he's a guy, you know, he's got some versatility and he's a good player. But I don't see the money there. I think uh, I think they're, you know, you may see them add a lower end guy, lower level depth guy. But uh, you know, one of the keys there is going to be Kevin Pierre Louis and how you know what his health status is because he missed a lot of time in the last year. And I think the Jets, you know, based on you look at what they paid him, I think they expected to get him on the field a bit more 
if they think he can put the injury bug behind him, he's a, he's a better player than people realize, or I think he can be a better player than people realize. So that would definitely be when the Jets are looking at their depth at linebacker. Next up would be Texans cornerback Kareem Jackson. Now the Jets can use some, you know, they can use some help there. They have Tremaine Johnson, who uh, hopefully will bounce back and play as well under Greg Williams as he did a couple years ago. And of course, Morris Claiborne is due to be a free agent, but maybe you bring him back on a, a team. You know, we've talked about Claiborne. He's not. Uh, He's not an all-pro. He's not, you know, he's not a great player, but he's a, a solid corner, and there's not a lot of those in the league right now, and not a lot of them get to free agency, and or if they do, you end up spending an awful lot. The Jets have gotten gotten him relatively cheap the last couple of years, due largely to his injury history. But Kareem Jackson's a guy who can, uh, he's he's got some some versatility. He's played a little bit of safety there in Houston, so he's a guy that I would consider. Justin Smith, another edge rusher, um, had himself a nice season in, eight, in 2018 uh, as a starter. And, again, the Jets are so thin at, at edge, edge rusher, that, you'd, you know, you'd be hard-pressed to find one, anyone who's going to make a top 50 list of the best free agents on the market. Anyone who plays edge is probably going to be an upgrade. Um, and that's not to take anything away from guys like, you know, Brandon Copeland, who had a nice year last year. Frankie Louvu, who did some good things as a rookie. You know, they have some talent there, but that doesn't mean they, they can't upgrade. This team is is probably, I mean, I, I think if they stand pat at three, as much as they would probably like to trade down, if this team stands pat at three, they're probably taking Josh Allen. So that's going to, you know, I would assume that. that but, of course, free agency is going to kick off well before the draft. So teams are going to be making moves and filling holes before the draft rolls around. And don't forget, you know, as we've discussed before on this show, you can't rule out the possibility of the Jets looking to and unload Jordan Jenkins during the during or after the draft. Even if it's for a late-round pick, uh, Jenkins, solid player, good against the run, had seven sacks last year, but may not be an ideal 4-3 guy. And we've talked about possibly seeing him move to defensive end in Greg Williams' scheme, but either way, a position change or a complete change of scenery for Jordan Jenkins might be in the cards. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, Jason McCourtney is next on the list. He's a corner, of course. He has uh, a goal that, you know, he's not 100% sure he'll be back. I think any thoughts of, of signing him are are uh, a pipe dream. I think he's I think he's going to be back in New England with the Patriots. And, you know, I, w- I would expect him, if he doesn't retire, to land back in uh, Foxborough. Teddy Bridgewater, we know he's not coming here. Thank you, Teddy, for landing us that third-round pick. That'll come in handy. And, again, super classy guy. You know, wish nothing but the best for Teddy. Zadarius, and he's a guy that, as PFF mentions, he wasn't a huge name going into last year, but uh, he had himself a really productive season, had a ton of quarter pressures, and is a guy who, you know, you have anytime you get these two of that, that one breakout year, that one breakout year as he heads toward free agency, you always got to worry about those guys because you just don't know that when, you know, without a track record, unless you're talking about giving a one-year deal, um, 
which he may be. So possibly a reason why he's that low on the list. And we'll see if, uh, if teams buy into what he was able to do. Anthony Barr is next. Vikings linebacker who uh, highly, highly touted guy out of college and uh, has had some really good moments with the Vikings, but I'm not sure. Not sure what, uh, what kind of money he's going to command. Plays, you know, plays on the inside, can play a little bit on the outside. Does a lot of different things for Minnesota. And I've actually seen his, his name kind of bounced around and floated by some pundits as a possible fit with the Jets. But um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't expect it, but it's, it's one of those that wouldn't shock me. Solid vet, but as I said, I think when it comes to linebacker, it's going to be, we're going to see it addressed in the draft and lower, lower level free agents. Barr to me, isn't, isn't that low end guy where there's, where he's going to command a bit more money, but we will see. <clears throat> we'll see how that goes next on the list. Jared cook tight end. Now I'm not sure about, uh, I'm not sure about you guys, but I, I actually wouldn't mind if the jets, if the Jets went out and got themselves a tight end in the draft, um, even with Chris Herndon having the very good season he had, I, I love the idea of adding another tight end, uh, an inline guy who can block, who can catch, make this offense that much more potent. You know, give that offense, make it a, make it an offense that can be multiple with with two guys who can block. Um, is Jared Cook that guy at 32 years old? Probably not. But again, it's it's the the balancing act here is is that obviously the Jets have plenty of holes and plenty of cap space and not a lot of draft picks. So obviously they're going to have to address a lot of issues with you know through free agency. So I wouldn't mind Cook on a one or two year deal. He's you know the guy can still play even though he is 32. But I look at this tight end draft, this, the depth in this class at tight end, and I'm kind of thinking you know if the Jets can recoup a two in a deal, or if they want to take one at the top of the third round, I, I wouldn't have a, a lot of problems with that because, you know, they need as many weapons as possible. And I'm a big fan of having these six foot six, six foot seven big guys over the middle of the field, uh, giving Sam Darnold multiple, you know, multiple options. So whether or not they address tight end, but Cook at 32, I would say is unlikely, wouldn't be a terrible signing. But that's one position I'm I'm intrigued to see if the Jets decide to do anything there in the draft. Trey Boston, he's another safety, so we're not even we're not even gonna get into that. After Trey Boston, we've got everyone's favorite quarterback, Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I think that pretty much says it all there. Ziggy Anza's next. Ziggy Anza, another interesting guy. Four three D. Um, he's getting up there in years, and he's he's battled injuries. I, I don't think you see somebody like him come in unless he's willing to take small money, which I don't see happening. Even though he's been hurt, even though his production has dropped, he's still an edge guy, um, and those guys just don't come cheap. So Ziggy Anza, better fit. Because I, you know, I saw people saying a year or two ago the Jets should go after him. Not really a fit in a 3-4, but now going to a 4-3 would make more sense. But I just don't see it, given the injuries, 
the dip in production, it just it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. Henry Anderson, the soon-to-be former Jet, uh, wish him well, but he's not going to be a fit in a 4-3 either. So, But I, I do hope he goes on to, to have himself a, a nice career because clearly a hard worker, uh, was nice upgrade this season over Mo Wilkerson, and, you know, best of luck to him. Cornerback Steve Nelson. Uh, he's a guy in Kansas City. Gave up a lot of big plays. So he'll probably he'll probably get, you know, some he'll get a decent contract from somewhere because he's a corner something the ball. But excuse me, he uh he, he's not a guy that I would expect the Jets to target. One guy that I would expect him to target though, uh next on the list is Mitch Morse. Now, if Matt Paradise hits free agency, I think he would probably be the target. But I would, I don't even know if, I don't know if I'd say I would prefer Mitch Morse. Basically, I, you know, Paradise or Morse, you take, and you're happy with either. Um, Paradise, probably the uh, the better all-around player. But Mitch Morse, you know, superior pass blocker and a much, much younger player. And there's there's a, uh, what was that? It's not on here. There was, I saw a stat earlier. He had, he hasn't given up a sack in like 1,500 consecutive snaps or something insane like that. Um, that's definitely not the type of pass blocking Jets fans have become accustomed to up the middle on that offensive line. Tyre Williams, San Diego Chargers wide receiver. Things, and he's a guy who I've seen, you know, some some pundits feel like he's going to he's gonna knock a lot of people and get an opportunity to be a number one or a number two somewhere. I wouldn't be opposed to bringing the guy in. Again, the Jets do need some some better play at receiver. Or just some more depth, I should say. The Jets need depth and health um, and better decision-making off the field. Because if if Robbie and Inunua can stay healthy, and I've said this before, and now especially with the emergence of Herndon, I think they'll be a right at receiver. Um, and, you know, we've talked before. And we'll we'll, we'll, we'll uh, when we get to the Antonio Brown conversation, which you've got to have at this point because everyone's having it. Um, crazy stuff with him shooting his way out of Pittsburgh. Linebacker K.J. Wright will lump him in with the other linebackers, as I said. Uh, wouldn't expect any uh, any big money spent there, even though the Jets can afford it. I think they're I think they're happy with what they have. You know, you just gave Williamson the big deal. He could the way he's the way he ended the season, obviously with the with the drug conviction or the drug suspension, you'd be looking at the I guess you can't rule out the Jets trying to get his eventual replacement. But KJ Wright, I doubt he's that guy. He's a again another slightly older, you know, twenty nine, thirty year old player. I don't see them going after him. Dante Fowler, edge rusher, you know what? He's a guy he would be an upgrade. Highly touted guy. Jets reportedly love him. I, I, I'd say pass. His lack of production on a, a defensive line, they consisted of Aaron Donald and Indomitian Sue, and Fowler still really couldn't get to the quarterback consistently. Um, he's had some off-field stuff. Not worth it to me. Uh, the lack of production and the, and the, the presence of some, some bad decision-making, I would pass on Dante Fowler. Although I fear the Jets won't. 
and I think he's a guy they will target. Um, but we'll, you know, but we'll find out, you know, here in a few weeks. To uh, number forty-four on the list here, Bradley Roby uh, didn't play well as a starter this year. I, I honestly, I liked Roby a lot coming out. I think it was Ohio State, if I'm not mistaken. Um, liked him a lot. Good length, rangy guy, but reportedly didn't play very well last season. But I'll tell you what, uh, for the right price, I would take him and play him opposite Tremaine Johnson and see what Greg Williams can get at that. Cole Beasley next on the list, slot guy, slot receiver. Um, good player, but I don't know. I'm probably, at this at this point, I'm I'm a big believer in Deontay Brett and the, the chemistry he has with Sam Darnold, the way he played in limited reps. With limited reps, I, w- I would like to see Burnett get the shot. So Beasley is a guy, you know, hopefully the Jets pass on. Number 46, uh, Muhammad Wilkerson. There. Ty Nischke's a tackle for Washington. He's been a part-time guy, mixed in a couple starts here and there, and did a solid job. Wasn't overpowering, but a solid player. So as a depth guy or a guy to compete for a job, absolutely. I think that if the Jets don't feel like it's enough of an upgrade over what they have, maybe you don't go out and spend that money. But if you think he can maybe replace Kelvin Beecham next year, because Beecham, Beecham is still, you know, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on too, uh, Beecham's salary versus performance uh, and considering what he's currently have. We'll see if, if that's me, but I think that, you know, I think Beecham is a guy who sticks around for another year. John, wide receiver, says PFF says he had 370 deep yards and over 1,000 total receiving yards in 2015. I remember he had that, that big breakout there. Um, he he kind of fell off the map after that. They've had some bad play down there, so that could be a reason for it. But as a, as, as a guy who's still youngish and has shown he can be an effective deep receiver, somebody will probably – somebody will bring him in. I doubt it's the Jets – uh, given their their situation at receiver, you know, they they have a guy in Robbie Anderson ready who can be mainly a deep guy, although he has developed his route tree clearly. Uh, Pierre Desir, cornerback for Indianapolis, cover two corner, so he may not fit what the Jets want to do. And uh, if I remember, I feel like I read up on him last off season. I don't know if he was a free agent or if we knew he was going to be a free agent this year. But I remember seeing and thinking, and it's it's in here too, that he's uh, not, not a great option in man coverage. And that's what the Jets are going to be doing a lot of. And then at uh, number 50, uh, Cameron Wake. Cam Wake, the guy is 1,000 and gets 12 sacks a season, and it feels like eight of them come against Brandon Shell. I think if you sign Cameron Wake, it makes Brandon Shell better. Because he's not, he's not, he doesn't have to face him and get beat up by him twice a year. Uh, but uh, no, Cam Wake at 37. I don't see him going anywhere but Miami. He's been there forever. He's played well there forever. And he's, I mean, let's be honest, he's played well enough to earn himself another contract with them, you know, probably of the the one or two year variety. Um, and we'll discuss, actually, rumor to discuss real quick. Uh, actually, we'll start with actual news that turned out not to be a rumor. The Jets did part ways with Spencer Long. He was due $6.5 million, and the Jets basically 
after the year he had, they figured they would rather have the cap space. I was not shocked, by him, but I wouldn't have been against them keeping him on board. As I said previously on the show, the, the need for depth on the offensive line across the league, I would have liked having a guy um, at left guard and center, but the Jets obviously felt free. They let him go, and the, the cap money, the Jets cap situation, after parting ways with Spencer Long, now puts them, and this is according to overthecap.com, <clears throat> excuse me, the Jets are uh, sitting at $95 million in cap space after letting Spencer Long go. And then the, the rumor we were going to mention that Isaiah Crowell may not be far behind. Uh, running back Isaiah Crowell has played only one year with the team, but due to make due to count for $5 million against the cap this season, Jets would save $3 million by letting him go. That would put them right at $98 million in cap space, play with going into free agency. And I think, I mean, Crowell is a, He's a good player. We saw that from him in Cleveland. We saw that with a decent O-line, decent run blocking, he's a guy who can average, you know, four, four and a half yards of carry. I think, what, 4.8 a couple years ago with the Browns. And that was with bad QB. That was with terrible QB play when teams could you know, easily stack the line. But Cleveland's run blocking was good enough that Crowell was still able to make some plays. Just didn't happen with the Jets. Um you know, I, I I hate to keep being thrown, but and and really, you can't even you can't even say you know I've 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 given Todd Bowles and a number of players who regressed under him, but you can't even really say Crowell because it was it was a combination of two. It was the run blocking just wasn't very good, and just the offense as a whole often struggled to get going, and you know, again, meant teams could stack the box against a bad blocking team, and so Crowell was never going to get things going here. But I think now, I think the Jets are looking at free agency. I think the Jets are looking at the draft. And they realized that, and how, I mean, I don't know, as a Jets fan, how that wouldn't be exciting. I mean, I know there are people who, uh, there are people who still don't want to pay premium money for a running back which, again, in the past, I would have agreed with. This is a different situation. You finally have a franchise quarterback. You want to get him every high-quality weapon you can. You've got all the cap space in the world. It, it's a no-bell. And that's, I think that's what it's planned on doing. And I think that if they don't, they'll bring in a back via the draft or another, you know, another free agent. But several rumors now swirling that Isaiah Crowell will be sent packing. And that is after... Oh, sorry, we have a breaking story here. Okay. So, this is big because this is a, a potentially explosive player who the Jets met with at the Senior Bowl. Uh, this reportedly, according to Ian Rappaport and Tom Pelissero, Louisiana Tech edge rusher Jalen Ferguson has had his combine invite stripped as he was convicted of simple battery. Oh, come on. Because he got into a fight at McDonald's as a freshman. 
and a public intoxication charge. All right. Well, you know, I mean, you want to disinvite a guy for beating up his girlfriend. I get it. Disinvite a guy because when he was an 18-year-old kid, he had a beer and got into a fight with someone. Again, you, uh, well, whatever, to each his own. I think the league is, I think that's a little bit silly. Um, you know, from what it says, you know, simple battery. I doubt he put anyone's life in danger. It's like it was a, you know, a scrap at McDonald's when he was, you know, a few years younger. Dumb kid, made a dumb choice. Whatever it is, if the guy can play, he's a pass rusher. Teams are not going to get damn if you punch somebody in the face at McDonald's four years ago, three years ago, whatever it was. He will be a highly coveted guy. Very explosive, very fast off the edge. And again, the Jets did meet with him early on at the Senior Bowl. So hopefully, I mean, I, I hope that's the guy they're talking. I would imagine it is. As we've said, they need to they need to sort out the edge situation. And on the wide receiver situation, as I said a little while ago, uh, Antonio Brown, our best receiver in the NFL. Uh, he's got a million Pro Bowls. He's got some All-Pro uh, awards, you know, All-Pro team. And he's making $21, $22 million a year, which is not enough to make him want to stay where he is. He's basically shooting his way out of Pittsburgh. Didn't show up week 17 when the Steelers needed him. Uh, it's been a back and forth through the public, through the media since that time. And... They reportedly officially requested a trade from the Steelers and went on Twitter to tweet the Steelers Nation, thanks for the support for nine years, yada, yada, yada. Now, he requested a trade, and I mean, I think the Steelers have to trade him, which is crazy because the cap hit, they're going to they're gonna have to absorb for letting him go is... Uh, I want to say it's $21 million. I mean, let's be honest. That is just crazy. And and they are. I mean, you know, you, you see these, these ugly situations between teams and players that happen during a uh, negotiation period, free agency, you know, uh, you know, battling through the media. You may see it when the guy's played a few years, you know, through his deal, you know, most of his deal is, is finished up. But Brown has played, what, two years of a five-year deal? And after year two, he's demanding a trade? That's, I mean, that's some craziness right there. And he is, uh, he's got some huge guarantees coming up in future years under that contract. And if I'm the Steelers, man, I I mean, you know, here it is right here, dead money. If they were to cut Antonio Brown, the Steelers will have 21 I mean that's insane. And their their caps. Let's see what their caps situation all around. Yeah, that would actually put them in. They would be over the cap. They currently have nineteen million dollars in cap space. Trading Antonio Brown would be a twenty-one million dollar hit. So I don't know how realistic it is, but I don't know what to do at this point. If you're the Steelers, now if you're the Jets, do you go out and try to get Antonio Brown? I say no. I say you're talking about a guy 
who's been in the league for nine years. And I don't know. I, I, I don't want a guy who shoots his way out of town when he's he just got a $21 million a year deal. I mean, and, he, and he's with a team that's winning. I mean, he's got the money. He's got the status. He's got the accolades. He's on a team that's a legitimate Super Bowl contender. I mean, those are supposed to be like, the things you want as a player. It, sometimes it's one or the other. Some guys legitimately want to win. Other guys could care less, and they just want the money. He's got both, and he wants to leave. So what's it going to take to make that guy happy? You know, there are reports that he was unhappy in Pittsburgh because Juju Smith-Schuster was growing in popularity, and he was losing targets to him. Do you really want that guy in the huddle with Sam Darnold? Do you want him in the locker room? If a guy who, you know, is going to be complaining about his targets after a win? How do you feel? Oh, man, I didn't get enough targets today. I don't, I, I don't think that the Jets are going to want that as part of their culture. And I think it's going to be interesting to see where what teams are willing to give up for a guy with a big price tag and 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 a high high level of drama and it it just pardon me i get i get the intrigue i i don't i don't know and and that you know i've discussed this on the show before and i you know thinking about it again the other day it, it to me there's too many elite receivers and I'm talking elite, upper echelon, best of the best, Hall of Fame types. And Antonio Brown is one of them. I'm talking about guys at that level over the last 10, 15 years who they don't win. Teams with those guys rarely win Super Bowls. Antonio Brown's been in the league nine years, no Super Bowls. Odell Beckham, not quite as long, no Super Bowls. Julio Jones, no Super Bowls. Granted, he went to one, they blew it, but still no Super Bowls. Some of the best guys before them, T.O., Randy Moss, no Super Bowls. So while, yeah, the thought of having a number one receiver is nice, a legit number one elite, yeah, if you can get one, fine. They have to have one to compete. Is Julian Edelman elite? Because that's who the Patriots just won a Super Bowl with. The Eagles won one the year before. Their top receiver was a tight end. When the Broncos won it, they didn't have they didn't have a guy as good as Julio Jones or Antonio Brown. Same for the Seahawks. Look at the last 10, 15 years. Look at all the guys who were legitimate Hall of Fame candidates. And how many of them have Super Bowl rings? And then look at the team, you know, you could say, oh, well, not they're not all gonna win rings. Okay, great, they're not. Now let's look at the last 15 Super Bowl winners. How many of them have a Hall of Fame receiver on there? 15. It, you don't have to have an elite an elite receiver. You need you need a deep receiving class, uh deep receiving core. You need, you know, three, four guys you can replace. Re- and I think the Jets are close to having that already with Quincy, Robbie, and Herndon. Again, I understand, you know, there's health issues and concerns there. That's why I'm saying they still they still should 
you know, look to look to add a body there. But I'll tell you what, I'm not uh I'm not I'm not in favor of bringing in Antonio Brown. And I don't think that adding a, a I saw Demarius Thomas was re- was released, and he played some pretty good ball under Gates in Miami. Maybe he's a target, but you know he's a vet guy. I mean, again, I'm not saying I don't want them to add a receiver. I just don't want them to add a guy who wants all the money in the world and who's going to complain and get upset when he doesn't get enough targets and cause drama in the huddle, in the locker room, whatever it may be. Um, I don't I don't see a need for that. I see a need for just adding more quality bodies. And that's, that's going to be one of the Jets' goals this offseason. And free agency now. Just, uh, just uh, what? What is this? What, what are we in? February? So like mid-March. So we're about six weeks away from free agency. On next week's show, as I said, we will. And I say, actually, I want to mention that as, as well. Um, I had a couple messages, and we've had some um, over the past seven, eight months. I honestly can't even remember how long I've been doing the show solo. Um, people, which I 100% agree. Um, we've been approached by some people who have asked if they could join the, you know, the Jet Nation team and, and be part of the podcast. Um, one of them was funny. One of them got a message from somebody saying, "Hey, I'd love to join your show. I guess Joe's not there anymore." And I clicked on the bio, and it was a Giants fan. And I was like, "I'm not, I'm not sure you get how this works. Um, we're not, we're not looking to add Giants fans. Uh, you know, have a beer with you? Fine, that's cool. Joining the Jets podcast uh, in a Giants jersey, not so much. But yeah, we, we totally agree that uh, that's in the works. We're we're looking at a few different people, um, and we're we're going to we plan on adding somebody sooner rather than later. Because you know, it's it, I don't mind rambling on, uh, but it is it is nice to have somebody to bounce ideas off of, and uh, maybe the the occasional debate or. Uh, you know, dispute, which always adds a little. Bear with us. That is something that uh, that is in the works. I do appreciate you listening um, as often as you do. And it's it's about to get exciting, folks. It really is because this is probably the worst time here because the news is going to be trickling in. They're, you know, very unlikely we'll see any big moves. And nothing's going to happen until free agency. Well, at least, you know, normally nothing till free agency. So we've got about six weeks till things get really interesting. And once draft prep starts, we know how, how nuts that gets. Um, I'm holding off as as long as I can till we go in deep in depth on the draft. Because, um, and I tweeted this the other day. I, I think this is a new personal record. Um, I'm already tired of mock drafts. <laughs> I really am. It's just, it, it's just, even the top guys, the McShays and the Mel Kuypers of the world, by the time this thing is over, they will have mocked about 17 different players to the Jets. I saw they 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 mocked another defensive tackle to the Jets out of Michigan. I watched him a little bit. He looks like a one you know one move guy. He, he, a lot of bull rushing that it works in college, but it, you got to add more to your repertoire in the NFL. And uh, if they if the Jets use the third overall pick on a lineman who's just good at pushing people backwards, um, I'll tell you. I mean, if it's if it's Quinn and Williams, I can live with it if you're going to take a D lineman. Um, but otherwise, it better be and it, you know, it better be Bosa Fell when you take him 
or you take Josh Allen, or you trade down. And I, I tweeted this out the other day, and it, it got a fairly positive response. And I asked people, how would you feel if the Jets took Jonah Williams in round one? You keep Kelvin Beecham for one more year at tackle, and you let Jonah Williams play left guard. Then Beecham leaves as a free agent, and then you kick Williams out there. There seems to be debate as to whether or not Williams is the prototypical guy. His arms to be too short. It. I, I've heard varying viewpoints. I listened to. Uh, I think it was a. I listened to a few podcasts the other day. Uh, I generally don't listen to a lot of podcasts, but I've been getting up in the, early in the mornings doing doing some morning errands. So I've been started downloading a few podcasts I normally don't listen to, and I think it was a PFF one the other day, and they were saying. Short arms be damned. The guy is such an amazing technician. He's going to be able to play left tackle in the NFL. That's how the scouts feel about that. But, you know, that was one thing I threw out there. Do you draft Williams, let him play left guard, move him to left tackle next year? Kelvin Beecham, to me, I've, I said it last offseason. I wish he was a better run blocker, but I still think you could live with him for one more season at left tackle. I think at $9.5 million, he is the 19th, 18th or 19th, Highest paid left tackle in the NFL, and that is not bad for a guy who is probably going to get you a pass blocking grade that's somewhere is not going to be elite, but he's going to be he's do a good job as a pass blocker. And if you know you can't address every single critical need in one all season, especially at the critical positions, you're not going to get a pass rusher, an edge rusher, or I'm sorry, you're not going to get a, an elite left tackle, an elite pass rusher, and an elite corner when you have one first-round pick, even if you add some picks. So, you know, what the Jets do from there, if they feel like they can they can get a pass rusher, if like they can get a corner. You know, some people talk about Greedy Williams straight down. I don't know how I would feel about that. I haven't honestly, Greedy Williams is a guy I haven't watched much of up to this point. But I, I think it's got to be, priority number one has to be edge rusher. If if not at edge, if if so, or Josh Allen aren't there, you got to try to trade down. And I could even I could even say that that those those are two those two options are tied for my top choice. I'd be fine with I'd be fine with Allen or Bosa. Quentin Williams, I could live with. Because I mean I I don't want to say the guy is Warren Sapp, but that's who comes to mind when I watch him. For me anyway. And, I mean, that, that you're talking Hall of Fame D lineman. Allen or Bosa, maybe Quinnen, or a trade down. That's most of priorities going into this draft. And if you trade down and you end up at seven or eight, maybe that's where you take a Jonah Williams. Let him play left guard, move him to left tackle. But having said, I'm going to avoid talking draft uh, for at least a couple more weeks because it, they saturate us with this stuff. We're running a draft talk a few weeks from now. It happens every year, and I find myself uh, – and I love the draft. I love it. It's one of my favorite events of the year. And you know what it is when I say that I'm tired of mock drafts? It's that I've seen too many mock drafts that don't have Allen or Boza going to the Jets. And I, I just don't see it. I, I think if I had to – if I had to, you know, if I had to put money on it, I would say if they stay at three – it's Allen or Bosa. Unless those guys go, goes, guys go one, two, 
which would probably be great because then somebody may panic and try to move up to three and grab the top quarterback, whoever that turns out to be when the draft rolls around. But anytime I see a Jets draft that isn't a trade down, Bosa or Josh Allen, I can say, no, this, this is ridiculous. And they, there are some of them out there. So it only took me seeing a few of those to make me just throw my arms up and say, never mind, enough with the drafts. But I think uh, I think in the coming days and weeks, I'll look some some more level-headed analysis, and I'll be back into it because it's one of my favorite times of year, and we will start talking about it. Uh, I think next week's show, again, we will talk about the lower-end lower, lower end free agents. And then from that point on, it'll agent rumors, which will be swirling by then. And then that's when we'll, uh, we'll start getting into how each guy they sign affects the draft. And, and we then get into some deep draft talk. So shorter show tonight, given the uh, – well, not too short. We did about uh, 45 minutes. Uh, we'll cut it. We'll end it now, though. Just want to thank you all so much for tuning in. Apologize for uh, not having last week's show, but we look forward to catching you next week. And again, deeper dive on free agency and, you know, any news notes or rumors that surface between now and then. Thank you so much for tuning in and have a great day, Jets fans. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow Glenn on Twitter at AceFan23. And the show can be found at Jet Nation Radio. Until next time, go Jets! Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.